grace is coming. Grace is uh, the whole nature of the, the kingdom is this, this appearing of grace that brings salvation to all men. Hallelujah. I'm so looking forward to tonight's testimonies. We're going to testify, then we're going to touch, break into small groups. We'll be together online, and we're going to touch on the Timothy, Titus, Timothy books that we're in the midst of reading, 13 chapters that are wreck, wrecking me in a good way, bringing me you know, to, to a sobriety that's blessing my uh, simplicity and, and sincerity of faith. So look forward to being together. Praise you, Jesus. Hi, right, guys. So... <clears throat> Here we are. Thank you guys for the worship. Thank you very much. That was beautiful, powerful. And I'd like to do, for those of you, uh, we're going to do testimonies. Because of the faithful prayer that's going on, we're a year and a half beyond that in the sanctuary. Those of you online, those of you who can't get here, but you make the time to pray at home. Those of you who can, you came, and then you couldn't come back. That's you know, we have more people now praying than I think gather us in the service online and in the house on any Wednesday, just throughout the day. And that's, i just feeling that Lord keeps saying, this is, in, this is so important in his coming. You know, we talk about uh, the high priest could only go once a year into the Holy of Holies. And you remember what he had to bring? He had to bring blood, the atonement. That was mean given for the Israel. But he had another thing he had to bring. He had to bring incense. So the cloud of incense would cover him and he wouldn't die. So it's funny that even though the atonement is what made the acceptance acceptable, the, the, the incense is what made him approachable. And I think that's partly what we're doing. We're positioning our more and more to pray, to listen, to hold up one another, to intercede for each other, and to ask God to do what we can't do, and to do it with his means and his resource and his goodness and his mercy. And it's just, it's just a sweet thing. So please pray. Stay in prayer. Join us every time you can every Wednesday. We're, we're, we're going somewhere, or we're approaching someone, or... Probably more importantly, someone's coming. <laughs> someone's coming. And we're readying our hearts as best we can to receive him in the way he comes, no matter how that affects us in the first moments. Because often he comes suddenly, you know, Malachi, I'll read this, and then I'll, I'm going to call up those who want to bring testimony for today's prayer. But uh, Malachi 3, I've, over the last m many months, he says, Behold, I send my messenger, 3.1. Malachi 3.1. And he will prepare the way before me. And the Lord whom you seek will suddenly come to his temple. Even the messenger of the covenant. That's our Lord Jesus. Blessed be you, mediator. In whom you delight. Behold, he is coming, says the Lord of hosts. But then verse 2. But who can endure the day of his coming? And who can stand when he appears for he is like a refiner's fire and like launderer's soap he will sit as a refiner and a purifier of silver he will purify the sons of levi and purge them as gold and silver that they may offer to the lord an offering in righteousness then the offering of judah and jerusalem will be pleasant to the lord as in the days of old as in the former years Praise you. And I will come. I might as well bring it up because it's, it's going to hit the earth. I will come near you for judgment. I will be a swift witness against sorcerers, against adulterers, against perjurers, against those who exploit wage earners and widows and orphans, against those who turn away an alien because they do not fear me, says the Lord of hosts. Verse 6. Um, for I am the Lord, I do not change. Therefore, you are not consumed, O sons of Judah. Aren't you so glad the long-suffering, forbearance, the, the plan of God that he says, I'm coming, but I know how to bring my presence, and I know how to prepare my people, and because I'm going to be consistent and constant, you won't be consumed. Uh, <clears throat> anyway, we'll stop there. So, Lord, 
I thank you that this house of prayer is being uh, engaged and the hearts of your people are coming and our prayers are being prayed. And we, we ourselves do not bring anything. We humble ourselves in every way to receive you in, every, in totality and, to, and to, to be able to respond to you and return to you and repent and to humble ourselves and pray. Lord, you are coming and you are coming as you hear, it says suddenly, as you said in Revelation 22 twice, you're coming quickly, quickly. So, Lord, we thank you that you're helping us. And all the prayers that have been prayed again today, we claim that they're for every living member of your living body throughout the land and particularly in Jubilee Church. And so that all may benefit, all may come alive, that oil may be purchased by all so that we can trim our lamps when the cry goes out, behold, the bridegroom comes. Lord, let it be and let it grow and let it hear in the sound we're going to share tonight in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Who would like to share first? Kenny, would you, are you good to share? What, Lord, come on up. It's been great to have my brother in taking a watch again. He carries a, a real prayer mantle, and it's been fun to uh, feel that mantle coming alive. Thank you. A, a joy beyond expression. Uh, hallelujah. Thank, thanks be to the Lord. Today I, I felt, at least in my heart, God drawing me to these baskets and, and, and just beginning to pray out this prayer that, that he prayed himself, it seems like, in uh, Isaiah 43, 5 and through 7. I'll just read it. Do not keep them back. Bring my sons from afar and my daughters from the ends of the earth. Everyone who is called by my name, whom I have created for my glory. I have formed him. Yes, I have made him. Oh, Jesus. I just begin to just lay my hands on these names and baskets. Just the physical act of it, and then just begin to lift up, Lord, these are your sons, these are your daughters. Yes, Lord. And, and as a parent, and as, as us that are older, we've had children, and sometimes we know that there's a sense of their hearts might be not where, or drawing us back to a place of, um, uh, they're just not, they're prodigal living, possibly. And I, I began to feel like the father's saying, this is my heart for, for each of my children. And you, you feel the grieving when your own children um, are distant or your heart's not able to celebrate their presence. And, and I, I feel like I just began to, to, to just sense he wants to be, us to believe that our children are coming home. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. In a powerful yes, way, in, yes, a, in a most profound way, yes. where we will be beyond ourselves and, and taken back that, uh, wow, how did that happen? Where did all these children come from? Yes, Lord. Yes. And, and we'll yes, not be able to, to, yes, be able to, to find an answer other than the Spirit of the Lord went and brought them home. And he's saying for us to cry out, Lord God, bring, bring your sons from afar, yes. your daughters yes. from the ends of the earth. Lift up your voice, cry out, and, yes. and travail and, and truly believe that they're not too far from, from his hand. And um, one thing happened to me a few weeks ago. I had a good coworker pass away suddenly. We had worked together over the years, some, over some 30 years. Um, and then time in between our relationship of sharing and communicating, you know, I, I would witness to him and more of like by living before him, not so much like this, you gotta accept Jesus and you gotta go to church and you know, you're lost without him. No, it was more just, I invite you to, to experience and taste what I'm enjoying and share my own story over the years, but I didn't feel like I completely brought a place of, of um, 
I don't know how to say it other than to a place of saying, I need to pray for you, brother, because I know you don't really know who I, I have come to, to know as my savior. I feel like you don't see it or see the, the, the seriousness of the time. And we're living and we're talking about retirement. We're talking about what we're going to do when we get older and how we're going to you know, travel and have all these good times. And we had just talked a few months before and he's like, I'm, gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm turning 62 pretty soon. I'll be able to collect my social on top of my pension and then I won't have to work anymore. And just suddenly he's gone. And I feel the urgency for us to, yes, to not take lightly our, our children or where they might be. Um, not just our children, but God's children in the house yes, that yes. used to sit next to you and me. Where, where we find our, an, a burden and, and a, a heaviness in, in a way that God... I got to lift up their souls to you. I got to call out their names to you. I've got to begin to say, yes, Lord, go and bring them home. Hound of heaven, seek and bring them home. They're your sons, they're your daughters. And we begin to say, devil, get out. I command you to release them. Yes. They're God's children. As he says, <laughs> I don't quote this yeah. completely, but he says, I created them for my glory. Yes. And the devil's trying to steal them for his unholy praise that he thinks he might gain temporarily how short-lived it is but it's he's stealing god's glory yes that's where i'm getting to get to go, go. Oh, a holy in, indignation yes Lord. to say you know enough is enough i gotta pray for my co-workers and my neighbors and my family and my friends and my brothers and my sisters my uncles and my aunts and my mom and my everyone and and and, and for all those that we know, bring yes. them home, Lord, because yes, I've created them for my glory. I've formed them. Yes, I made them. Yes, Lord. He made them. He formed them. So they're his. Yes. They're not the devil's. However, as the Lord travails and says, I'm giving you the nations as your inheritance. Yes, yes. Do we say, Lord, these are yours, and by the the authority of, the, of Jesus' name, we, we declare they're God's children, and we go out and we rescue them. Yes. Yes. Amen. Yes, amen. I pray. Yes, let's, let's stand up. I want to read that. That is really right on. Declare oh, that. Oh, Lord. Praise you. Bless you, Father. We, Lord, we, we just stop for a moment and say... Lord, let this be a turning point, and, and some of us are already walking down this path and travailing and crying and lifting up intercession and supplication and thanksgiving for our children, for your children, your sons and daughters. But let this be a turning point of break open, break open our hearts to, to feel what you feel when that prodigal, that one of the 99, that one that walked a little in the distance oh jesus god help us to sense your rejoicing wow. when that one sheep comes home when that one is healed of the wounds that brought them to a place of despair or a place of unbelief and fear but we would be that one that says come on there's a family there's a table, there's a seat with your name on it. You're invited, you're, you're coming home. Come home, come home. Your, your father's waiting. He's already prepared a, 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 a full-on fatted calf and, and a ring for your finger. Whoa, whoa. And a robe of saying you're righteous in my acceptance and of my love. Yes. For yes. you truly are my beloved. Yes. That's... The reason I've come to bring you into my family, that my father's house will be full. Hallelujah. Yes, Lord. Fill yes, Lord. our house. Fill your house. Lord. Fill your house. Bring your, bring your children. Bring your sons from afar. Come. 
and your daughters from the ends of the earth. Yes, Lord. We cry out, Lord, we pray, God, give me the tears. Give me the heart to feel what you feel, that I might not just do it today, but again every day until I see from afar, even though I receive strength now to conceive this seed, that I will believe that it will bring forth righteousness throughout all the earth as our love abounds and grows and increases. Let it come, Lord, in your name, Jesus, in your name for your glory, as you have made and created us. Hallelujah, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thank you. Praise the Lord. I received that. Come on up. Yeah. Peter. I just want to read this passage from Luke chapter 14, verse 12. New King James Version. <clears throat> because I want to encourage you guys, uh, I see the last several weeks how the, the Wednesday meeting is kind of evolving into something that is a feast. So it's not a physical f- food feast, but a spiritual feast that's developing here. And the Lord quickened the scripture to me. It says in verse 12, Luke 14, Then he said to them who invited him, When you give a dinner or a supper, do not ask your friends, your brothers, your relatives, nor rich neighbors, lest they also invite you back and you be repaid. But when you give a feast, invite the poor, the maimed, the lame, the blind, And you will be blessed because they cannot repay you. For you shall be repaid at the resurrection of the just. And I just wanted to say that I see, like last week we were praying and we sing songs. Some people like David Kaplan and myself bring a guitar. And there's a song, there's many prayers, there's scriptures that are being read. But there's people coming that we've been inviting also. Um, last week that we prophesied over Pascal and he was back this this week and uh, my wife was I remember Pastor Steve excited about a guy that she had met because Nadia when she moved up to our daughter moved up to Santa Barbara she left her her dog cat chicken and goat carrying business (laughs) and she met this guy who is one of her clients that she takes care of their dogs and it's dog sitting, and he's just been in the rock industry, a lot of drugs, a lot of all kinds of things, and doesn't think straight. His thoughts go from one to another, and she was telling Pastor Steve at the more of the yeah, picnic, yeah. I want to be, meet him, have him meet people like David Kaplan that are his age, 26, and, and he came today. His name is uh, Nicholas Madonna, and we were able, just like we did with last, last week with Pascal during the meeting here, to prophesy and pray over him. Yeah. And he had major deliverance. In fact, he started praying in tongues. He was baptized with the Holy Spirit. Now, I wish Wes was here, Wes Munya, because we went over to the hotel room where he was in Agora Hills a few days ago, and we baptized him in the bathtub. And um, this was his next step. Yeah. But um, he just was so excited, and he said he's feeling free. His mind is being unlocked from a lot of the, uh, the barbiturates and the drugs that he was on. And he, he was just so excited. He felt the love of Christ here. And, he, and his dad, when I met his dad later, and his parents are not necessarily walking with the Lord, but he said, Dave, he said uh, to Nicholas, did you meet some people your age there? And he said, yeah, I did. I met this guy, David Kaplan, and so uh, he said, and these other brothers, Wes and Peter, and these other people prayed over me, and his father said, good. He said, well, Dad, I, I, it's actually stepdad. I owe you a lot of uh, money, and I, I don't even know what the interest would be, and his father said, well, here's the interest you're going to pay me. You're going to go to Jubilee Church on Sundays and on Wednesdays. That's the interest that you can pay me, <laughs> and so uh, I said, well, I said to my wife, I'm not going to worry about trying to give him a ride again and worry. And now he's got his car back today, too, from being in a big accident. And so um, I said, I'm not going to worry about trying to dodge his parents because they're all for him coming here. Yeah. And 
So, and the, and the thing I was thinking is that scripture, God said, bring the lame, the halt, and the blind. Yeah. When the Jesus People movement started, and it was one of the places was in San Francisco, another place was down in Costa Mesa with Calvary Chapel, and they, they were bringing hippies and surfers and all kinds of street people. And I remember one of the, the elders from the church, because they were wearing still suits and ties, and the hippie guy comes in with no shoes on, with a tied down, tied dice t-shirt, and he sit in the front with no shoes on. And all the people were looking at him, who's this guy? And so one of the elders fortunately did this. He went up to him, took off his suit jacket, took off his shoes and socks, and sat next to the guy to make him feel at home. Yeah. Yeah. And the point I'm trying to make, as, yeah. as you know, there was a deluge of people. Lonnie Frisbee came in after that, and just uh, Calvary Chapel grew from 75 to 3,000 in a matter of a few months, and he had to get a tent. So the the new awakening that God is going to bring is we're going to get some some uh, strange people, strange-looking people, uh, like Martin Luther said. Uh, God's people, uh, God's church is full of a lot of weird ducks. And a lot of those surfers and, and uh, those uh, uh, street guys, street people, homeless, they, they became pastors. Look at John Corson up in, um, near uh, Grants Pass up there with his church up there. And, and Jeff Johnson down in San Diego. San Diego. Raul Reese uh, with, with the homeboys in the Hispanic community. All these guys became pastors. And so what I'm trying to say is on Wednesdays, I really feel it's a, a place where we can invite the lame, the halt, and the blind. Mm, good, it's less good, structured good. than a Sunday service. Yeah. And I, I've seen it already, several kind of people coming in here and we think, we can pray for those people. We, yeah, we can pray for what we've been doing. We can sing the songs, but I feel like it's an opportunity where we can just draw in and, and invite them. You don't have to say, well, come to church on Sunday and the pastor will get you saved. No, God wants us to get them saved, yeah. bring them to the Lord, lay hands on them, get them, whether it's here on Wednesdays or outside in the grocery store where you started talking to them, wherever that is, I just want you to, I release now, if you could all stand, and I release that evangelistic anointing mm -hmm. that the Lord wants us all to have. It's not just for the office of the evangelist, but I just release that to all of us to, and to look for the lame, the halt, and the blind, and not be afraid to bring them here to see them have breakthrough and see them have release and see them have healing. I just release that to all of you guys, divine appointments, wherever you go, look for the divine appointments, look for the divine, witness to them there, but bring them here. Wednesday would be a great place to bring them in a less structured place. And I just loose you to be sticking by them with prayer though, after you've prayed for them, after you've ministered to them, after you've, they've received Christ, then continue to pray for them yes, and Lord. disciple them, text them, get them to come. You know, there's some people like that, like uh, Priscilla Cabada, she just calls those ladies and texts them and, and, and makes sure that they're gonna be there. And I just release all of you guys that have that yes. disciple. It says, go and make disciples of all men. Just don't get them saved and put a notch on your belt, but be a, yes, a disciple maker, a mentor. I release that mentoring ship over all of us yes, here Lord. in Jesus' name. Yes. And for no fear that we have a boldness and a confidence that we can bring them before the throne of God with, with confidence, praying for them, seeing them released. It's through you. I release you who are the seasoned saints to go out there and be the salt to season the world with your salt and with your light. I release it in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Thank you. Thank you. Someone else? Before we get, we'll get into the scripture in just a minute, but do we have another testimony? That was really beautiful. Blessing. Good to see you. Um, yes, please, please, Ali. Yeah, um, we, it actually wasn't the plan for uh, me or, um, or anyone else to lead, um, but somebody wasn't able to make it, and so I happened to be here, and, um, and Deborah was here, and we just started singing songs about God's holiness, and, and we just started, like, repenting, and from anything we could, especially, like, our heart, and 
like that scripture, like see if there's any wicked way in me. And we just started like laying it at the feet of Jesus and repenting and like of anything we could think of. And then all these songs about how holy he is started popping up and we just started singing. I think we sang for most of the time, at least half the time we were just singing and new songs kept popping into our spirit and we just sang about how holy he is and hallelujah and worthy and everything. And um, the subject came up of gratitude and how we were like, thank you God for saving me. Thank you God that you called my name. Thank you that I don't have to live not knowing who you are that you never leave me or forsake me, that I have a God that's bigger than anything else, that my name's written in the Lamb's Book of Life. And we just started like putting gratitude on our, on our lips and on our heart. And it was like the more we were declaring everything that we're thankful for, it was like the more things just came into our spirit and into our brains of like, and this, and this, and this, and this. And it was just wild how before we were intentional about being grateful um, it was like, and thank you for, it was like trying to find stuff. And then after we got going, it was like, there's so many like incredible things like to be grateful for that, you know, we've been adopted and every, it's just like so wild how incredible of a gift knowing God is. And, um, so I just want to release that. And, yes. um, yeah, thank you, Father. And you guys can stand up if you want, yes, but yes. Father, uh, I just thank you for releasing the gift of gratitude that even um, as Peter was talking about, um, talking about you to people and, and having them know you and inviting you into other people's experiences in life. God, let it be that that spirit of gratitude goes with us wherever we go, that all of a sudden people are aware of who you are and what you're doing and what you have done. Father, and I just ask that all throughout the day, every day, you cause um, a spirit of gratefulness to rise up in our heart. And we begin to just say, oh my gosh, thank you, thank you, thank you, that words just fail us because we feel so grateful for who you are and what you're doing. And Father, we just say right now, thank you, thank God. You, thank, thank, you, you. Thank, you. thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And it's, uh, you Father, we just lay at your feet you all those son. areas thank where our eyes have looked at things that you're, we feel like you're not thank doing you. or we're not doing or somebody thank else isn't doing. But Father, we lay that at your feet and ask your forgiveness for that focus being in the wrong place. But God, and we just shift and turn by the power of your Holy Spirit that our eyes will look and see you, God, in everything we do, in every place we go, in every person we come in contact with, that our hearts will be overwhelmed with the reality of truth. In Jesus' name, amen. Yes. Amen. 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 Look at how God coordinated And Diane. Yeah. A little closer to the mic so they can. Diana, well, well, I didn't really want to say to the online. They won't be able to see Diana, but look at three of us. I mean, I mean, black and white stripe. Yeah. I don't know. I was just asking God, what were you talking? What are we you doing? We didn't plan this. No, we didn't. And God is saying, I can make anything happen. I mean, beyond. Nothing is impossible to me, but it's just to me. Thank you. Um, Pastor Steve, I just want to uh, say like I feel God is saying that He is closer to us than we feel, than we understand. He is closer to us. This is to everybody here. I I heard it in the back. He's closer than we know. So whatever that means to you, just yeah. And we were praying. God, give us understanding beyond what we see with our eyes. And he's coming, and there is a verse he gave me this week. At, uh, aim? What was that? Okay. Um, what? Um, there's this book, but it says, um, God has shown you, oh man, uh, what is good. And what is required of mm -hmm. you to do yeah. justly, love mercy, 
and walk humbly with your God. Yes. Yes. And um, so God is closer than we understand. But God showed me that he only walks with the humble. Only the humble can walk with God. And God is coming. If we feel far from heaven, that we just need to humble ourselves. And that's what we're doing on Wednesday. I took an hour. Everybody's, you know, take their time off. It, because we want to humble ourselves and before God. And, and God will make us even more humble. He will open our eyes because he brought humility from heaven to earth. We lost it. We lost it. And that's why we were lost. He brought humility from heaven to earth. It's not something the world, world has. The world does not have humility. We, since I was born, I only knew pride, like how to make myself good and look good. But anyway, God said, um, Jesus came and brought humility to us. And the salvation is that we will be saved from pride. Our salvation is actually getting this humility of Jesus, and we are saved. We're saved from independence from God. Um, so there is a lot. God actually just been dealing with my pride for over a year. I'm not saying this, you know, thinking of anyone, but more like myself. And God is showing me this week that he is coming, but the first thing he's going to do is going to be dealing, resisting the proud. He said he resists the proud. He gives grace to the humble. All the grace, all the promises in the Bible we've been claiming and we've been standing on is only available through the humility before God. And I just want to share this one. Be prepared and be ready. God is approaching and God, he, he showed me he couldn't come right, he couldn't come sooner because we just have too much stuff. And he loves us, that's why he's delaying, but he has to come. It's like timing is very urgent. He, he will come. This is his church. Mm -hmm. And he showed me the first thing he's going to do is resist a prod. And of course, because he's dealing with me and I was trembling, I was just, for a moment, I felt like I've been praying for revival with this church for years. And, but when he showed me the Sunday, he's going to come and first thing he's going to do is dealing with pride. And at a moment, I almost felt like I'm stopping, I'm stopping to pray. Like I can't. I'm, but, you know, of course, immediately I repented because I can't say, no, don't come. I know he wants me to understand, continue to repent, and uh, let him show me my pride so that I can just change, let him change me. Like Pastor was showing us that he does not change. That's exactly. Mm -hmm. He does not change. So let us change. So let's stand up. Please yeah, pray. pray that. Lord Jesus, I just have to ask you, Lord, to help every one of us because we were born in pride. We grew up in pride. We develop all our years in pride. God, we don't understand. We don't know humility of Jesus Christ. Lord, who never, uh, who Lord, um, we equal with God, but did not take it for granted, but emptied himself. We need this, God. Yes, and we need to know this, how to receive this humility of Jesus, let it flow naturally through us, through the Holy Spirit that's in us, God. We just need help. We're not gonna do anything ourselves, we can't. We don't even have a grip of what it's like. But God, we just say our heart is open to you. We throw open our heart to you, God. Come help us. We ask you to remove every form and shape and degree of pride from us, ourselves whether it be from evil spirit or from our na uh, na uh, nature, God, we ask you to help us, show us, and remove those, and make us your vessel. Like you can use us any way you can. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thank you. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Well, what we're going to do in just a moment is break up into small groups so we can be sharing how God's been speaking to us, uh, any place he's speaking to us, but we've also been reading together uh, through 
1 Timothy, now we're in Titus, and then we'll be finishing up through the weekend. 2 Timothy, 13 total chapters. I want to do a quick commercial because I forgot. Ladies, if you did not know, tomorrow is a ladies' dinner here at 6 p.m. It's a salad. Bring whatever, whatever your favorite topping is to share. It'll be in the cafe. It's intentional to be together, to fellowship, to strengthen one another, to provoke and stir up love in one another and good works and to be encouraged by the love of God. So everybody online, <clears throat> just show up, 6 o'clock, meeting in the cafe, and it will then, I don't know if it probably moves into the sanctuary, there'll be some worship, and there'll be just a time to, to you know, be in the presence together and then enter into his presence. So that's tomorrow, and that's 6 p.m. here at Jubilee in starting in the cafe. Bring your topping. All the rest of the salad preparations will be there. But anything you'd like to share, what you enjoy as toppings for salad. And secondly, the 13th of August will be our um, Day of the Lord uh, Crown of Righteousness conference where we start to really look at the prophetic scriptures concerning the end times. And we will be four sessions Beginning at 9 a.m., we'll go till 3 p.m. It's normally when our men, the inheritance, meet, but we are giving that for the whole church so we could just be together and sit at the in the prophetic sound <clears throat> of the scriptures concerning the mystery that was revealed to Paul about the, the, the resurrection of the dead and everyone who's still alive being changed into that resurrected, glorified image and body, the tribulation, the salvation of Israel, and the second coming of Jesus. And it's uh, $15 because the men are going to put together a tri-tip lunch. So uh, that will cover that and help us. So if you can go online and register, that would be real help. So we know how, how much we always want to make sure we have plenty of food. So if you can go ahead and help, we also help us prepare some of the handouts and things. It's intended not to answer questions. Hopefully there will be more questions afterwards than you came with. Because that's what seeks, sends you into a journey into Scripture, and the Scripture start to become the means to which the Holy Spirit takes them, and all of a sudden you start going, "Oh, I see, I see." That month in August will be in Revelation and in the Book of Hebrews, the two climactic epistles or books in the New Testament that bring us into the second, into the coming of the Lord, and into the maturity of the church. So, I'm looking forward to August and all of that. Okay, so, well. I, I, I want to, we only have 10 minutes, so I want to, can I break every, everyone in the, the sanctuary, like two or three people in a group and start sharing uh, what it is God's saying, wherever you've been in, Timothy or Titus or wherever, and then I'm going to go into uh, just everybody at home and I want to share what I've been hearing in Timothy and Titus. So can we do that? Let's go ahead and stand up. Find somebody, don't anybody be left alone. You may think, oh, that's kind of weird, I'm awkward, but no, no, there's some, there's some great rich truths that get shared in these times. <clears throat> All right, so I gotta get a drink of water. Bless you guys at home. I started doing something over this uh, last few, this last week and continuing to do so. I, we, put the, we put the reading of Timothy, 1 Timothy, which are six chapters, and then normally it goes right to Second Timothy, which is like four chapters. But instead, because the way they were probably written, Paul wrote to Timothy, then he wrote to Titus, and then he wrote another follow-up follow letter to Timothy. So I've just been listening. Uh, I've started First Timothy, go through the six chapters, then I will just pop up to Titus and go through the three chapters, and then I'll go back to Second Timothy and do the four chapters. So it's 13 chapters. And I am being... Uh, called to a place of um, whole, a renewal of standard because these were the books of how we are to conduct ourselves in the, in the church of the living God. And in doing so, it's all of a sudden the emphasis of the Holy Spirit in the scripture through the Apostle Paul to these young men who are putting and bringing forward a church both in Ephesus and Crete of a call to uh, to intentional uh, pursuit of the Lord in, in, in ways and even zealous of good works and a separation from the, 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 
the, the, the wickedness of the age. And again, these were areas, they were total pagan. They had no Jewish background, except there were maybe obviously some synagogues, but these were Gentile churches coming alive. And so they were leaving practices because the Spirit of God had borne them again. And the, Spirit, and the Word of God was being written in their heart and on their mind. And the preaching of the gospel. Now it was just, okay, here's, here's the way which we do it. So I'm going to read right now out of 2 Timothy 2. I wrote this in the secret place. So if you don't, if you can always go back and pick that up on, online or subscribe. But 2.11, I love this because sec, uh, Titus, I'm going to be on Titus 2.11. Sorry, there is no second Titus. Titus 2.11. For the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men. The grace of God that brings salvation, it's the grace of God, by grace we are saved through faith, has appeared to all men. We are not, there's, there, men will resist and there can be conflict, but it's growing, it's appearing, and it's going to be felt. And the grace teaches us, teaching us, verse 12, that denying ungodliness and worldly lust. So there's a, there's a calling out. The church is called out. That's what ecclesia means. It's the called out ones that begin to assemble, which is the collection of those who are called out of the world, into the exhorting one another, which is the pulling ourselves into a huddle and continuing to say that. Coming out, denying ungodliness, worldly lust, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in the present age. So we look at the age that's now crumbling, the morals of the society, the belief in God, the rebellion, open rebellion, that we'll put, you know, cast your cords behind us, we'll have nothing to do with your rule, is increasing. But now is coming a strong unction that, oh no, you're going to live so and you're going to be righteous, and you're going to walk God, in godliness in present age. In fact, I've been challenged to return and, and study godliness because it's all throughout Timothy and Titus. Looking for the blessed hope and glorious appearing of our great God and Savior Jesus Christ. Part of the reason we can walk out of this world and not lust after it and we can deny the things that are bringing death and begin to be in pursuit is because we are looking for something far beyond what we can find here or obtain here. It's the blessed hope and glorious appearing of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us that he might redeem us from every lawless deed. Now, now see this. It's beautiful. He gave himself for us, over us, that he might redeem us from, out of, every lawless deed and purify for himself his own special people. That's who we are before the Lord. We are his own special people, zealous for good works. So this becomes you a repeated theme all through um, these three epistles. You jump down to chapter 3. And verse 1, he says, remind them, Timotheus 3, 1, remind them to be subject to rulers and to authorities, to obey, to be ready, again, for every good work. We are, what, what was just shared by Deborah about the uh, humility came to earth, we lost humility. So Jesus had to become, humble himself, the Son of God, to become the Son of Man in order to to bring us out of the, the, the power of pride into this humility and to speak evil of no one. There are commands in the New Testament that are not exceptions. It's speak evil of no one. Why? Because all men are made in the image of God and any man in any state could change and we are remitters of sin, not the, not the exposers. To be peaceable, gentle, showing all humility to all men. For we ourselves also were once foolish, disobedient, deceived, serving various lusts and pleasures, living in malice and envy, hateful and hating one another. So this constant call, reminding that we've been called out of the world. We once practiced the, 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 this whole worldly ways and we are to walk together in humility 
And so he says, when the kindness of the love of God appeared, our Savior toward all men. So it was when the kindness and the love of God, our Savior, toward men appeared, not by works of righteousness, which we have done. We are not doing anything deserving of the help we are requiring or of the coming of the Lord. We are recognizing we, it's the love of God being brought to us, and it's not our righteousness. But according to his mercy, he saved us through the washing and re, of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Spirit. The, the, the early church had, had a recognition of a partnership with the work of the Holy Spirit, with the work of the living word, with coming out of the world, with living in things of the kingdom that are not, you know, splashy, but they're, 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 they're transformational. This whole humility whom God poured out on us abundantly through Jesus Christ, our Savior. So jump ahead just because 2 Timothy, now if you're in your Bible, you've got to go back to it. But in 2 Timothy, I want to read a portion in chapter 3 and then a, a final blessing from uh, Paul in chapter 4. Because chapter 3, Timothy, 2 Timothy chapter 3, when I read these, I don't, I listen to myself and I say, oh Lord, this is, the, this is where I'm at, but this is not who I need to be. I want to, I, I want to, uh, I want to disengage from each of these. And it's a spirit that's in the world. So he says, know this, that in the last days, which we are in the last days, perilous times will come. And you go, well, what does that mean? And they list, a list, a litany of things, but he begins with two that are just right there in front of us all the day. For men will be lovers of themselves. We will be so self-consumed and self-concerned that, that that will be part of the perilous times that we'll create. Lovers of money, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy. We address that tonight in the day of prayer. We address the opposite of gratitude is unthankful. And, and the whole unloving, verse 3, unforgiving. Can you, there, there's a locking up that, that's in those last days of how men's hearts are setting themselves in rebellion to God. Slanderers without self-control, brutal, despisers of good, traitors, headstrong, haughty, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having the form of godliness but denying its power, and from such people turn away. So I read those, and I say, Lord, I want to disengage from any portion of those works of the flesh and the spirit of this age, and I do not want to have a form of your godliness but deny you your power to access and to move me. I don't want to get that, and it's, it's revolutionizing me. So, uh, in ver chapter 4, because we've got to close, but the whole books, there's 13 chapters, so take them, and if you just can go to your Bible app and find one of the versions that you can listen to, you can put it on your phone, it's, it allows you to go through a numerous chapters, and then you start to get washed in the water of the Word, and you start going, wow, uh, the church culture of the first church is not the culture of the Church of America, not my culture. I, I need to be brought into that culture. So he goes on in chapter 4, verse 6. And Paul says these words. And I want to be able to believe this for every one of us. For I am already being poured out as a drink offering. And the time of my departure is at hand. I want my life to be able to be poured out. Knowing that it is not to my benefit, but the service and sacrifice of others' faith. And I want to be aware of my time of my departure. I believe that is the New Testament practice. Peter knew about it. Paul knew about it. And what did, they, what did he understand about it? I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I've kept the faith. I want to, I want to know that the good fight of faith I've kept and finished and, and be there. Again, if we, if we um, <clears throat> you know, if we uh, little strength, keep his word, don't deny his name. It's all this just holding the things that have been given valued and following through. Finally, verse 8, there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness. Now that's why we connected this to the uh, day of the Lord conference. There is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, 
the righteous judge, which is the first thing we will appear before the Lord when we're all caught up together in the air, is we get to go be at the judgment seat of Christ so that all that we have done in our life we can give account for, all things can be tested with fire, we can go forward into our rewards, and the things that burn up, we can go forward in freedom from them. So it's going to be incredible. But not only for me, he said, but also all of those who have loved his appearing. So there is a, a love of his appearing, first appearing, now his second appearing that's coming, his present appearing before the Father over us. But there's the first coming and the second coming, that loving up, and there's that coming for his bride. But I, I've just been challenged, and I want to bless everyone uh, online, and then we'll, get, we'll close out and we'll send to everybody. Lord Jesus, I read Timothy and Titus, and I have no doubt that I am... I'm disqualified in, in if I was to measure my life, my heart attitudes, and my response to what these two men were being told to call the church to, whether it was an older men or younger men or older women or younger women, elders, uh, deacons, whether it was care for the widows or to walk uh, in, in the heart attitude. But Lord, would you grant, grant us through the living word and by the spirit of God Holy Spirit, would you come and with the living word, would you bring sanctification to our lives? Not by might, not by power, but by your spirit. And move us out of the limitations that we are presently bound in, in the natural and in the culture and in the world. And begin to realign us to the culture of Christ. The one that you set in place in your living church. And we could practice in small steps and in continual pursuit until you have matured us in the ways you've chosen to do so. I praise you for it, Lord. Do it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Okay, I'm going to release a blessing over everyone. You can continue your conversation, so don't stop. But, but just so we can release our church congregation at home and the one here in the sanctuary. So, Lord... We are a people that have been called out and we are being called together and we are giving us a culture that's not America, it's kingdom and it's very full of humility and it's very much a giving out of worldly practices and coming into uh, uh, the, 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 the fullness of, of, of giving away and zealous for good works. We would just ask as the, we finish out our readings in the next seven days that you would, you would wash us with the water of your word, Jesus, and you would begin to present us to yourself uh, a, a glorious church without spot or wrinkle. That you would do that work as we submit ourselves to your living words and as your spirit of God comes alive in them and you begin to just kind of change and wash and renew our mind. In Jesus' name, amen. 